This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Episode 225, an action figures retrospective. Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens podcast. Strangers. <laughs> to boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? The truth is out there. I am your father's best friend's plumber. Superman. Heroes. Villains. Captain Picard versus Captain Kirk. Do you think that there's room in sci-fi for God? The very first thing that God did was that he created something. So we have a creative God. This is Strangers and Aliens Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Strangers and Aliens and I'm Ben, Ben Avery. I'm here with a co-host who is ready to talk about some action figures and that is Man of Action. Evan David. Yes, that was your cue. Man of Action. The Man of Action. That's right. Something like it. I don't think anybody's ever used that to describe me. I just did. So you can't say that anymore. All right. Sweet. Never, ever from here on out, you can say, I've been called a man of action. Yeah. A man yeah. of action figures. Now, people have called me that before. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, and don't call them dolls. No. Do not call them dolls. Why? Because not. they are action figures. And Posable. Yes. Well, some more than others, which we'll get into, but yeah, we, we were actually, I don't remember why we started talking about action figures a couple days ago, but then we thought, you know, this would be fun to talk about on the, on the podcast. Yeah. And I'm sure that for most of you who are listening right now, you are of the ilk that you had action figures in your home. Growing up, some more than others, I'm sure. Some of you only had a couple, but some of you were obsessed. And, and, and if then, you're the former, it's it's not too late. You only had a couple. Yeah, yeah. It's never too late. It's never too late, but you know, sometimes it's not appropriate. <laughs> I mean, there's a time to time to build, a time to tear down, time for peace, time for war, time for action figures, and a time for restraint and self control. And not spending money. So very true. Wiser words have never been spoken. I mean, cause we live in a day right now where yes, action figures are still on the pegs for kids, but you can get an action figure of almost anything that's for, well, people with disposable income and large heap and helpings of nostalgia. Yes. And I am one of those people who I, I have nostalgia and, <laughs> So, uh, you know, with an arm's rank length here, I have a uh, Hercules, Marvel Hercules action figure. You know why I have that? One reason, one reason only. I had a Hercules comic book when I was a kid. 
<laughs> and I loved that comic book. And then when I got older, I it was a issue one of a four issue limited series. And as I got older, I was able to find them on eBay and get the entire series, only to find out that there was actually more than just that limited series. And then find out that Bob Layton was actually writing a, a wrap up to everything. And it just hit the nostalgia button. And so I have Hercules right here with his weird leather strapped leggings. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I think so. Let he me... has the green skirt and the green sash. I've lost his hammer or his, his mace, I guess. Okay. Yeah, I see him. Oh yeah. And they go all the way up his thighs. Yeah. 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 I, I don't understand what those are. That's or weird. How, what practical purpose they might serve, but they, they're, they're an interesting, uh, visual design element. See, thing, I guess. All right. Marvel Hercules. I, I wasn't into Marvel comic books, so I never even saw this guy until I was like an older teenager. I think my Hercules was Hercules from TV that crossed over with Xena. Your Hercules was Kevin Sorbo. Yep. And, he... and then Disney Hercules. Yeah. Obviously. I'm, this is a strange one. Maybe we should change the, the, the topic to mythology, but, um, <laughs> Hercules is a character that I love, and I realized just recently I could do anything with him. Like, I can't write a Superman story, not that I have one to write. I have one Batman story in me right now, like, without being asked. It's there. Okay. Uh, if I was asked to write something for a company or something, then I'm sure I would come up with something. But um, there was a Batman story that, oh, I could do this. This is something I actually would like to do. I, I never will. Uh, and I don't think it would work well if it wasn't Batman. Never say of, never. Eh, I'm going to say never. But um, it's it's not the kind of thing that could work by just changing the character a little bit. And it, it wouldn't work that way. Uh, I have an Aquaman story, the same kind of thing, where it wouldn't work if it wasn't Aquaman. But, you know, I, I, I've had other stories where I thought, oh, I could do this one even, you know, it, it's inspired by Batman. But it would work great if it was Batman, but it's not. So it doesn't matter, you know. Right. I'll, I'll just leave it alone. And change the name, and I'm, I'm good to go. With Hercules, though, I realized I could do anything with this guy. He's public domain, like super public domain. I mean, no one owns Hercules. Right. So there's a Marvel Hercules, and I love that series that, that Bob Layton did that was a sci-fi series. It was Hercules out in space in the future. Uh, I don't like him as much in regular Marvel Universe, but he's okay when he shows up, and, and there's a couple good hercules comics that i have from marvel there's a dc hercules series that i read that i really enjoyed took place in a post-apocalyptic earth okay and um and then there's the lou Ferrigno movies and i enjoy those uh kevin sorbo the, the that's a fun fun show the the effects especially in the the movies that they did the, the tv movies that predated the the syndicated TV show, those effects don't hold up very well at all, <laughs> but the humor does. And the, the, uh, just the character, the Cor Kevin Sorbo and whoever it is that plays, uh, Laolis or whatever his name is that, that holds up for me. Um, the only Hercules I really enjoyed was the Disney one. Um, I don't, I don't remember. Well, okay. I don't remember much of the, the TV Hercules, but that was just the one I watched when I was a kid. I should go back and watch some of it. But uh, I really like the Disney one because it's they're just doing Superman. 
but with mythology. Yeah, I I watched it once. (laughs) It was a double feature with some other Disney movie that I can't remember now. But I remember watching Hercules and being okay with it. It was was fine. They're literally doing Superman. Yeah, Uh, it's it's all there. He's even got a cape. Uh, And then I had a cartoon Hercules that was he had a ring that he would pull out of his belt and hold it up and it would get struck by lightning. I mean, if you picture He-Man, you know how the lightning comes and, and powers him up from Prince Adam to He-Man? Yes. Same sure. kind of thing. Okay. Only he doesn't change his look at all. And really, really, really stilted animation, but not bad. Uh, very stylized, I should say. Uh, maybe you could say it's bad, but it's very stylized. They work within the animation that they could produce. And all these things, I I like them in that they all kind of build into this the mythological Hercules. And, and I actually have a story that I want to do now. I, I sat down and realized I could do this. I could do Hercules as a... I'm not going to say it, but <laughs> if I ever do do it, you'll be the first to know. Okay. Listener, listeners. You actually, Evan, probably know before them. So actually, literally, you might be the first to know. Sweet. But um, we'll let you know. We'll let you know. But anyway, yeah. I mean, so that action figure, though, is not from my childhood. It's not from nostalgia from my childhood, I should say. It's something they made, and it caught that nostalgia. But I never had a Hercules action figure as a kid. The closest I had was um, a a muscle-bound He-Man kind of character that would be strong. I pretend was a Hercules kind of guy, but... Yeah. Well, Ben, before we get into more action figures, let's talk a little bit about like why why were action figures important to us <laughs> growing up, and and why like what type of impact did they have? Because some people answer that be- question, Evan. Okay. Answer. I've got I've got a I have thought about this a lot. I thought about this just recently, and it, my answer it might be similar to yours. I don't know, but um, go ahead. Okay, so I'm a creative person. I like to use my imagination. I like to use that imagination that God's given me to tell stories. And nowadays I do that through video. I do that through audio drama. uh, I do that through pictures. Even I'm working on a comic book right now, which is first time for me. Well, professionally anyway. Uh, But... But yeah, I love to tell stories in any medium I can. And when I was younger, action figures were a way to practice that. I would just go into my room for hours and just have adventures by myself with my toys. And sometimes I would leave them in place and pick up, pick it back up the next day, a continuing series that I would just make up myself. Yeah, so you just stole my answer. I mean, okay. I literally have used this language <laughs> as well. Where um, I, I would have to leave them in place because I had to continue the story from, from day to day to day. Yeah. And it was, it was a continuing adventure. And I would – when I was doing this, of course, I'm also reading comics and I'm, I'm watching TV shows and I'm, I'm seeing movies. I'm, I, clearly, Star Wars was a, a big deal when I was a kid and highly influenced the kinds of stories that I was playing with my action figures, especially since I had Star Wars action figures. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I would play the characters as they appeared in the movies 
or as they appeared in the cartoons that I'd watched, uh, you know, with superheroes or as they appeared in the comic books even. And sometimes I would mix them up and, you know, I would use Star Wars figures who looked like you have Lando and Han Solo and Princess Leia and you put them next to G.I. Joe guys, right? Right. They look like civilians. And so I would use them as civilian characters who aren't, you know, part of the Joes or part of the, the hero team. They're, they're the normal people. And, you know, it's that kind of thing where I'm now creating new personas for these characters. And it, I actually, with my GI Joes, I would take them apart and switch heads and switch arms and create <sighs> new characters. And so I had a, I had the Flint character who's the guy with the beret and I took his head and put it on the bat, which is a Cobra Android. And so you have now he's a cyborg, you know? And so it's this really cool looking guy with this beret, but he has this really cool looking robot body that actually has clothing, but the clothing folds into some of the mechanical parts. And so they're visible past the clothing. And it's that kind of thing where I'm, I'm creating new stuff and it was, it was fun and you know, you could have fun and you could, you, you could mix and match beyond that too. It was harder with transformers and GI Joes because of the size, right? You know, so my transformers couldn't be like actual cars with my GI Joes and my star Wars, uh, because there, you know, you'd have to be a centimeter tall to be a, a person who could fit in that car. So I'd come up with other reasons why, and again, this is then your, your mind is creating these stories. So why do they transform into these cars? Well, they transform into the cars maybe because I don't remember what I, I said, but I'm sure it was something like, um, they were taking the form of something that needed, that, that could get the job done, you know, like, so they aren't a car. They look like one. It's smaller because that's just the size they are. So they're as tall as a regular person turning into a car shape so they can get fast from one place to another. And yeah, I mean, it, it, it was an opportunity to use your imagination. It really, I mean, if you want to dig deep into it, if you're keeping the personas, you're getting into fan fiction where yep. you're creating fan fiction with your, your action figures by extrapolating how you think the personalities of these characters that you did not create would react to a situation like to that giant monster that comes running in. That's your pet dog. You know, that, <laughs> how, how are they reacting to that? And, and then you're also creating your own things. And it really, for me, was a big part of my creative development. Yeah. Same here, same here. And uh, I even had some toys that like, I didn't know where they came from. I didn't know what their original character was. Yes. So you just Those make up great. your own. Yeah, yeah. So you just make up your own character for that person. Kind of like uh, how they have, uh, and I really appreciated this that they put this in Toy Story, uh, where Andy, you know, he has his own character that he associates with his piggy bank, and it's nothing like how his piggy bank's real persona is when he's not being played with. But that's the like in, in Andy's mind, he was always a villain. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's I like that. Yeah, and okay, so that's why they were important. That's mm-hmm. why they were important. Why are they important now? I mean, a big part of it now is nostalgia. Yep. Uh, a big part of that also is symbology, I think. Um, you know, 
you you have like I have this Hercules here, and it's kind of a a plastic representation of a part of my childhood. Now I didn't have like I said there wasn't an action figure for this guy when I was a kid. This was not me going out and recapturing part of my childhood that I lost, like when I bought Oscar Goldman and Steve Austin, the $6 million man. Okay. <laughs> so those were purchased because those were toys that I had, and it was purchased strictly for nostalgia. But with, with the Hercules one, it's like, oh, man, that's cool. I like that. And so that's that's how it, it works now. They're also decoration. Yep. And, and for me... I have most all of my action figures from when I was a kid, and I'm saving them for my kids so that they can play with them. Yeah, that, for me, that's more Lego. Okay. Uh, the, yeah, I mean, the, the action figures I had when I was a kid, they're they're not sturdy. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> they're, they're worn, and, and they're in a box at my, my parents' place somewhere. Right I've got I've got most of mine, and I I tried to keep mine pretty nice. In fact, when I was getting to be an older kid, I went and like from all my Dragon Ball Z action figures, I put them in individual plastic bags. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't do that. I because I, I noticed I noticed they were getting like their paint chipped. <laughs> so I played hard with my toys, and I didn't want to I didn't want to do anything that would cause them distress. Like play with them in the sandbox when I I played with my GI Joe's in the sandbox once and then realized the sand gets in their joints and that bothered me. But you know, the worn paint and stuff like that, that's just because you played with them. I had, um, a battle action Tuscan Raider Sandman or sand, sand person. Why was battle action? Because he was chewed up by my, my dog. You know? <laughs> and so it's, you know, it, it was that kind of thing where it's okay. Yeah, that's cool. You know, but, um, yeah, for for me, they were made to be played with. You wanted to be careful with them. You don't want to step on them on purpose or anything like that. I didn't blow them up in the backyard or anything like some kids that I know, um, or some kids that I knew, I should say. Um, but yeah, for me, actually, I was just going through uh, our Lego today with with Doug and and Tim, and uh, it was oh, I remember this piece. I remember I used this one over and over and over again because it was the one spaceship piece piece that would be like the the best jet and and that kind of thing. And that's a whole different kind of play. I mean, you still have the imaginative play. You still have the character creation with that play, especially before um, when they weren't doing uh, licensed stuff. There was no personalities pre-built for you with those. Whatever personality your Lego figures had, you created it. But then you also have the building part as well with the complete... um, you know, it's the complete creation portion of of that play, and and you're 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 engaging a whole new side of your brain with that than you are with the with the playing with the figures and telling stories and that kind of thing. So yeah, yeah. So anyway, action figures. Yeah, uh, Evan, <laughs> my action figure history goes back further than than yours. Obviously, yeah. I mean, I was pretty much done with action figures before you were born. Probably. I'm going to guess that uh, as far as playing with them as a child plays with them mm-hmm. um, and buying them and getting them for Christmas and that kind of thing. But for me, I mean, I had so I had to explain to you the, the Mego uh, action guys where they were about eight inches tall, seven inches tall. I had Superman. I had Batman. I had Spider-Man. I had Robin. 
Um, I had Robin because it was my ba- my dad's birthday, and we were at the store getting his birthday present, and I was convinced that I could. You know, I told my mom, you know, my dad really wants Robin. <laughs> he really wants Robin. And so we got Robin for my dad. So I had Robin and I had the Batmobile that they fit in. Of course, then I was into Super Friends, the cartoon and the Batman TV show and all that kind of thing. Um, and then not long after that, I also that's when Star Wars hit. Nice. And. So like that first wave of Star Wars, I had the the Jawa and I had the Stormtrooper and I had Darth Vader, Obi-Wan, um, Luke Skywalker. My sister had Princess Leia and I wanted Princess Leia, but they gave it to my sister because she was a girl. <laughs> uh, that that was an Easter gift that they gave us. Nice. And so the Easter basket, mine had the Jawa and hers had Princess Leia. That was a letdown. <laughs> but then I remember my dad coming home from a, a business trip and he, he got me Greedo and he apologized because he said at the store, that's the only one they had. <sighs> and it was difficult because it, stores would run out and I wasn't a part of that first wave where you had the, you bought them all, but then you got an empty box. Right. And then they came later in the mail. I wasn't a part of that, but I was close to that. And have you ever seen, I think you've, you may have seen the, 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 uh, documentary plastic galaxy. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Which I recommend. Uh, it's a great look back at just where the star Wars action figures came from. And yeah, it was super fun. It was really informative. I mean, it gets into the history of Kenner and, and where the name Kenner even comes from is from the street that the factory was on. And, and then it gets into like how the license came to Kenner because they had, I believe they had done, Six million dollar man, and they'd done him as a twelve inch figure, but this was they, they were experimenting here with the the three and three quarters inch figure, and then uh, they also did the twelve inch, which I had twelve inch Darth Vader as well. It might have even been thirteen inches, really, if it comes down to it. But I also just watched a great uh, documentary on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, yeah, which is on Hulu, and they get into the whole history of their action figures and how they made them and how they got the ideas for the designs and stuff. That was very cool. Yeah. And there's supposed to be a He-Man one coming too. Oh, cool. Yeah. I I've seen the trailer for this thing for years and I don't know if it's ever actually gotten finished or not, but the trailer was really interesting because there's basically these two guys in the trailer even, and maybe they just play up that because that's, you know, the, the best part of the whole thing is who created the masters of the universe and, and who created the like he man. And, and there's one guy I did and the other guys I did. And, and apparently they even come to blows over it Ah. over time. I, I, I need to see it. I want to see it. I mean, he man is not part of my childhood nostalgia. I never collected he man. My brother, my younger brother was into the cartoon and he had he man. He had Adam and he had Stratos, the flying guy. And he had Orko. But he didn't have any of the bad guys, and because they were all gross. <laughs> um, and and for me, that was just where I'm like, I I don't want He Man. I want GI Joes. You know, I want nice. and He Man's taller than my GI Joes. But I, like I said, I would use He Man and Adam um, to fight my GI Joes because they were big, huge muscle guys, 
and it was a challenge because I always wanted my my guys always had to have the they, they couldn't have the upper hand they always had to be the underdog <laughs> and and come back from behind to win you know and I don't know what that says about me but that's what <laughs> I wanted my heroes my heroes always 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 they're knocked out they're knocked down they're beat up they're they lose and then they come back and win well yeah they always have to get to their lowest point yeah so they but can I took come to, back I, I took them to low points man. <laughs> I mean, Flint, I didn't just change his head. I played that, you know, like his body was destroyed. So, nice. I mean, I didn't literally destroy the body, but right, right, right. In, in my play, I, I can't remember what happened to him, but yeah. Oh, I remember I had this one epic, long drawn out one where Superboy was teleported to the future and everybody's like either dead or, or like rough, tough as nails now. And they, they're on a, post-apocalyptic world ruled by dark side and yeah so i i went to some places <laughs> so yeah. um so anyway he he man wasn't a part of my nostalgia but the idea of he man and and what they did with those action figures was really cool to me as an adult looking back at that and as an adult looking back at like microdots and rom and what happened with those things as toys i didn't have the rom toy i had some micronauts toys but to see that they were the, the Marvel comic size were basically given, you know, with Micronauts, here's all the Micronauts toys that we're making. They're all toys from different toy lines in Japan and we're making them and we're going to make them into one toy line, make a story. I would love to do that, man. Yeah. That'd be awesome. <laughs> and that's actually what uh Mamator is the comic book that I did with Tim Barron, Mamator, the conquerors of the cosmos and then Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. It was him coming up with these character designs and then I'm like, okay, okay, okay. I'm gonna come up with the story for this because this that that character right there is cool looking. What's his story? I want to do this story, you know. And and so I kind of got to do that. It wasn't with actual toys, but it was with something. I mean, Tim Barron, huge action figure geek. He loves yeah. he loves action figures, and he's always drawing. He'll draw the characters, but he'll draw them as how they looked as action figures. And and so he's he he was more than happy to to do basically an homage to the master of the universe with, with Momotor and, and Frankenstein. That's and, cool. Yeah. We, we intended to do basically a rip off of every universal monster in that He-Man vein of storytelling, mm-hmm. but we only did the mummy and the Frankenstein. So <laughs> we never got the Wolfman or Dracula or sadly creature the from the creature, black Lagoon. the yeah. creature. That would have been fun. Yeah. Maybe someday, but probably not. <laughs> so, so okay. Uh, let me tell you my. I just have I have to get this off my chest before we we finish this episode. I'm not saying we're gonna finish anytime soon, but yeah, I want but... <laughs> I want to I want to make sure this gets out there because it's a funny story, and also a shameful shameful tale of woe. Okay, so as you may have picked up. I was into Dragon Ball Z a lot. And Dragon Ball Z toys, when I was growing up... You're right, that is shameful. I no, that is, that is not the shameful end? part. That's not the end of the story? No, that oh, is not oh, the oh. shameful part, Ben. My, my bad, my bad, sorry. Okay, oh, continue. We're going to have words. Okay. Continue. When I was growing up, Dragon Ball Z action figures were hard to find because they're coming over from Japan. The show is just picking up on Cartoon Network, and it's just really hard to find them. So you'd be lucky to find... 
one or two in the, the normal toy stores. I remember stumbling upon like this Japanese import store, and they had a bunch of them, and we were super excited. And then we got kicked out of the store because we were messing up the boxes. I think that's shameful. Well, that's not, not, the, not shameful the end. Part. Okay, not the end. Okay, continue. No. Okay, here here it comes. So we're invited over to my friend's birthday party when he's turning 13 i think and we all got him some toys and i got him this cool like you know how they have those uh oh like two foot tall supermans and star wars figures and stuff now or like two or three foot tall you know that they have the toy store this was like one of those but with goku the main character and his son gohan and i got i got it for him and and so you know, we're we're all hanging out at the party, watching episode one, and uh, I I really like, you know, the 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 figure of Gohan, his son, that I got him for his birthday, and so I'm playing with it the whole time we're at his birthday party. And after the uh, after the party's over, I I say it was a sleepover. I say, hey, why don't you come over to my house and we'll hang out and, and play? And he's like, sure. And I'm like, oh, and bring your bring your figure. So he's like, okay. So he brings it over, and uh, then we go over to my house and we play some video games. And he doesn't have video games, so I knew he'd be well distracted with the video games. And while he's well distracted with the video games, I took his toy, and I hid it under my bed. And sure enough, when he left that day, he forgot about it. So where's the... Oh, that's the shameful part. Because I stole it, Ben. (laughs) Did you get it back to him? I straight up stole that kid's toy. No. What? Well, okay, hold on. Here we go. I kept that thing for over a decade, I'm pretty sure. Maybe not over a decade, just under it. And I started, I joined Life Action. I started traveling on the road, and we're talking about a clear conscience, right? And I told this story in uh, in one of our team meetings, just hanging out. And they're like, well, did you make it right? I'm like, no. <laughs> so I had the toy still back at my house. I'm like 20 years old. 19 years old. Yeah, I still had it. And I I had to look the guy up on Facebook and I told him about it. And I said, hey, look, I still have this. Uh, I can send it to you. And he's like, yeah, send that to me. (laughs) I did. I had lost a piece of it, but I sent him what I had. Wow. (laughs) Shameful. But I made it right. Yes, that is shameful. (sighs) I told you it would be. Yeah, I mean, we. I'm sure we all have similar <laughs> kinds of stories. Probably not nearly as shameful, but <laughs> just, just I straight up stole that kid's birthday present the day after his birthday, that's, and I'm the one who gave it to him. That's uh, amazing. That's wrong. So wrong. Wow. Wow. I'm trying to think if I even have anything close to that that has to do with action <laughs> figures. That is, <laughs> I don't think I do. Not with not with toys. I broke. Oh, I'm. This isn't quite, but it's close. I got my friend for his birthday, um, Buck Rogers. Buck Rogers, and I, there was two two guys that I got him, but one was Buck Rogers, and we he brought it to school that that next week. I don't know if the birthday was on Friday or the weekend or whatever, but he brought it to school very soon afterward. And for some reason, I do not know why we were doing this, but we had the toy and it's on the ground in the playground and we have sticks and we're kind of batting it around with sticks, but like it's the, it's the very end of the twig, you know, so it's, we're not hitting it with a heavy stick. Right. I turned my stick around and like just hit it as hard as I could and broke its arm. Oh, 
And it was also, I mean, it was, I'd given it to him for his birthday, but it wasn't like what you did. <laughs> it was. You know what? I just remembered. I'm pretty sure I'm not the one who gave him that toy. Well, I think somebody you... else gave it to him, and then I just wanted it so bad that I took it. Man, that was that was well thought out too. I know. I was a little devious little child. Wow. Man, that was premeditated. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I don't know where okay. to go from from there, man. That's so okay all right so let's just what what other uh so you talked about gi joe you talked about uh yeah you know star, star wars what uh what other can i tell you here's another another reason why they report these were important to me these okay were, these were connections i mean you're, you're talking about your friend there and that connection but um <laughs> uh my cousin and i we bonded over toys you know he showed me how to play in some ways he was he's a couple years older than me and and uh, he he had the Millennium Falcon, and nice. he had a bunch of guys that I didn't have the Star Wars guys, and, and I, I apologize for calling them guys. That's what we called them when I was a kid. Our guys. <laughs> it, it, I don't know if that's a common thing around. I've heard it a couple times here and there when I'm hearing people talk about toys they had in the past, but I I don't hear it common enough to know if I'm just retaining that, and other people have moved on and actually call them what they are, you know. Their action figures, but I, I called them my guys, you know. And so we'd say, "Hey, I'm, I'm going to come over and bring my guys with me," you know. Um, but we bonded over those things, and and we, we would come and we would play together, and and we would. Uh, it was a it was a relationship builder, and, and I also remember going to. I mean, basically, you go to over someone's house, and they would have their toys out, the ready to go. And I did have a friend, my one bit of He-Man nostalgia is I had a friend who had almost every He-Man thing there was to have. And I didn't know how to play with them because I hadn't seen the cartoon at that point, but they were cool. You know, like, <laughs> why, why, is, why does this guy look exactly the same as that guy? Because they all had the same body, you know? Uh, just slight variations for, for certain characters with shorter legs maybe or something. But, um, but that's, that's another thing that these things did was they did – create communal play rarely for me though really yeah we because a lot of times when i played with other people it uh i didn't have enough control over the story so i didn't like it as much like because i would say okay now he hits you into the mountain no he didn't i've got my force field up okay whatever Um, your force field's not strong enough to to withstand my my punches so it it caused a little bit of conflict for me that's true too yeah yeah, but what it did do was uh, I, I played with my dad, and he's the one who taught me how to play with him. Um, and when I was having trouble coming up with a story, he would he would start me off on an adventure. He'd come up with the premise, or sometimes he would take shoeboxes and turn it into a secret lab. Um, he would draw stuff in it and make little cardboard things and, and make little play sets for me yeah. to play with me with my toys so that was cool i I did play with my friends a couple times but like i said it was a it wasn't always the best experience i did play with my sister a lot we because we had we had playmobile and uh, legos and all sorts of stuff yeah and i I played with with my brother and, and my sister but yeah you know my dad made ramps for me uh for my dukes of hazard 
nice. I had uh, the General Lee that came with uh, Bo and Luke. And again, they were civilians with with all of my other, you know, more outlandish characters. But but then my dad made ramps so I could jump the General Lee from, you know, over the river, over the, you know, the broken down bridge or whatever. And he made it out of, I don't know where he got this because they were different uh, grains, but he made it out of a uh, panel, pa- wood paneling and, and then huh. blocks of wood. But the, all th- he made three of them for me and all three were different grains of wood paneling. I think that maybe they were like samples when he, he redid his office in the basement or something like that. But nice. Um, yeah. So as a child, obviously play is a big part of just figuring out the world. And, and when we play, we are creating, when we play, we're working out good and evil. Uh, when we play, we're, we're, we're figuring out conflict resolution, sometimes with real people. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. um, I do remember having wars with our action figures and being like, oh, no, my guy would totally defeat your guy. But So now the question is, because I've got action figures all over the place. And this is definitely one of those situations where I think legitimately people could pull out that when I was a child, I did all these childish things. Mm-hmm. And then as a man, I put away childish things. I think people legitimately can use that verse and would look at me and say, you're just a man child <laughs> you know, with, with your Hercules action figure. And with your <laughs> here's here's one of my personal secret shames from three weeks ago. Okay. <laughs> oh, I think I know where this is going. Do, do you? Now, this is something I did not have as a child. I did not even know existed. Is it the motion picture figures? It is. I have. <laughs> I, I won an eBay um, uh, eBay auction of all six of the primary Star Trek the motion picture. Three and a quarter. I think they're not three and three quarters. They're a little bit shorter than Star Wars figures but i have scotty with his mustache there's uh i have two spocks now and two kirks and uh ilea with her bald head and decker wearing a bright bright orange uniform (sighs) (laughs) and you spent the money did you i did i did and now i have it how do you feel I don't know what to do with them. (laughs) I'm like, Oh man. And I was, when I found them, I was, I got that lot, lot from eBay. And then I started seeing there's others, there's other things. Now, not everything is something that I'm, I'm interested in the bridge set though, that you could get with when the motion picture came out, that's going for 200 bucks on eBay, man. Yeah. Yeah, Shoot. and there's a couple of figures that were only released in Canada because they had to fill orders that were made months ahead of time. But the the action figure line was not not doing well at all because it was from Star Trek the Motion Picture, and what kid is excited about Star Trek the Motion <laughs> Picture? And so, and so they had to fill the orders, but they only like made enough to fill those orders to these stores in Canada that ordered three months ahead of time. You know. And so it's, they're going for super, I'm not trying to get those. I, I am a completionist in some ways, but in other ways I'm able to say, well, I've got the bridge crew. <laughs> I'm, I'm good. I'm done. But. 
Um, I believe I told you this story. When I was younger, my cousin, when I was little, little, my cousin had all of the Power Ranger Megazord uh, figures that you could combine and to make the the big robot. And I he brought those over to our grandma's house, man, and I just loved those. And I was too little to figure out how to transform them. So, but but I wanted them so bad, and I never got the original Megazord uh, uh, set. But then, as a 20-year-old guy, I'm walking through Target, yeah, and I see it. <laughs> yeah, I see it there on the shelf. It's the original thing, and it's it's all exactly the same. Without a hesitation, one bit of hesitation, I bought that thing. Put the money down, bought it. 20 bucks too, not a bad deal. And this was when I was traveling, so I walked back on my bus full of other 20-somethings, and everybody's looking at me. I'm like, whatever, man. This is my childhood dream fulfilled. <laughs> nice. So, <laughs> but see now it's like okay, <laughs> how do you, yeah how do you justify that? Because there is a part of me that's just wait a minute. I mean, see, I'm not okay, gonna, I'm not gonna play but, with this stuff. But I have an action figure of Man Thing and Howard the Duck. <laughs> you know, and why did I buy them? Because I'm into those comics, man. Right. And so the question is, you know, am I buying like idols? To these things, you know, am I, am I buying, you know, I think it's your hard attitude behind the whole thing. Um, like you said, they could be used for decoration for me. I, I mean, I feel like that buying that Megazord, I have no problem with that because that's something I've always wanted since I can remember wanting things. I've always wanted that. Am I playing with it every day? No, but I've got it. And now I can share it with my kids. You can tell yourself that. <laughs> I, I do tell myself that. And I played with it for a good, solid day as a 20-year-old man. And then I, I really touched it after that. You see, I also <laughs> have, like, I have a pretty broad collection of of Aquaman figures. and I've seen them. Yeah, and I, I don't know what to do with them. I mean, part of it is I don't have any place to put these things right now. So I actually got rid of – I had – almost the entire collection of, I think it's five or six inch, whatever, uh, battle of the planets figures, um, some busts and some different ship things and stuff like that. That came out around the time when Alex Ross had gotten the rights with top cow to produce the battle of the planets, uh, comic book. And, I'm like, oh, man, this is like from my childhood, and I never had these when I was a kid. I had to pretend that my G.I. Joe guys were from G-Force, and I actually did. I called them G.I. Joe Force because it was G-Force and G.I. Joe, and their arms could move out to the side, not just up and down like a Star Wars guy. And so they could actually almost look like they're flying in a similar way to what G-Force did with their capes. And so I had all that stuff, and, and then I put it in a box. Because I had no place to put it. In my, in my mind, I was like, well, eventually sometime I'll have a shelf. And I'll just put these out on display on a shelf. And so finally, I've, I've sold them. I actually, I, I don't know how much I got for them, but it was not nearly what I paid for them. So, yeah. I, so I'm thinking see, the same thing for Aquaman here. Is, is I'm going to have to get rid of these Aquaman action figures. See, when I say that I'm buying stuff for my kids, I'm deadly serious about that. I I used to go into the toy store after we first got married, and I would look and see if they were quality action figures. Because a lot of action figures, man, are not up to the stuff 
up to the snuff of what I played with when I was little. And when I find when I found a good one, I'd buy it. So I have like a Lex Luthor and a Hawkman sitting back in my closet waiting for my kids to get old enough to play with it. But also it's just back- to hope that they care. Well, yeah. Uh, it's it's also backlogging Christmas presents and and things like that. Like I I won't have to go shopping later because I know I already have quality gifts waiting in the wings. Yep. But then your five year old's like, but what what about the cartoon that I like? See what my about kid, the cartoon that I watch right now. Yeah, but we only have Apple TV, so they can only watch what uh, I say they can watch. Right. So you're gonna hold them back. Like there's something that they could actually watch that you morally are okay with but you're not going to let them watch it because you are going to make them watch the stuff that the, of the toys that you've been holding back for them. Ben, I don't want to hear it from you. Your kids live in the seventies and today. <laughs> no, yeah. they, they clearly, I, they, I will let my kids watch Phineas and Ferb and whatever else is there, but they're also going to be watching DuckTales and Darkwing duck and Superman, the animated series. I'm just saying, that, I'm just, I, I, I'm just saying, be ready. Be ready for them to want the toys that their friends are playing with, too. Oh, I know, I know. So you can say, oh, here's your toy. And they're like, Daddy, this is copyright the year I was born. Yes. <laughs> yes. And you're going to like it. That's right. My Same dad handed deal. me down his toys, and I really enjoyed playing with them. Now, there was – I did play with my dad's toys. Uh, they weren't hand-me-downs. They were just at Grandma's house. But here's the deal. He didn't have any action figures. And he had hardly any toys, honestly. And they were all farm equipment. <laughs> and so, but they were big enough that my figures could fit on them. So I'd have <laughs> snake eyes, like, driving a tractor and and plowing a field. Why? Because that's the vehicle I had there. And so, you know what? Snake eyes is going to be a farmer, at grandma's house. So, and it, there was some, I mean, it was really realistic. These, these toys that were these farm equipment things, they were very, it was really cool. My grandpa, the only toys he had was ones from my dad, which was a Geronimo figure, which was the, like the 12 inch one. Mm -hmm. And then he had a, it wasn't a toy, but it was a nutcracker in the shape of a squirrel. And it was made of solid metal. Wow. I, I love that thing. Yeah, you're, that Geronimo thing, I think, is part of the Johnny West line. It's true. Yeah. And I had Johnny West, but you know why I had Johnny West? Now, first of all, this is a really cool toy. I'm not sure how far ahead of my time it was. This is probably an older toy when it was given to me. But he looked like, I mean, you took the chaps off of him. And he looked like, uh, he looked like Luke from Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> because he from the end where he's at Bespin and he's wearing that tan outfit. And so here's this this cowboy guy. But you take off his chaps and hand him a lightsaber, which I would give him a pencil. Um, he could hold the lightsaber because his hand was was flexible and you could pop the hands off. So his hand could get cut off by Darth Vader. And I had that 12 inch Darth Vader and he he was really neat. But he, what was really cool about him was. Um, when I was growing up, we my dad worked with an organization called Christian Horizons. This is what he did when we lived in Canada. This is an organization that works with um, handicapped adults uh, and they, so people with mental and physical disabilities. Uh, he would go to the the 
um, institutions and find people who were institutionalized but who could live in a group home and eventually you know live on their own possibly uh, and so that's what they would do with with Christian horizons and we were living in one city that had one of those group homes and there was a lady there who had this extensive horse collection and of these just these toy horses and so this Johnny West figure had had been part of her horse collection and when it was time for us to move she wanted to give that to me now, i was 3 or 4 probably 4 I might have just turned 4 and my i remember my dad really trying to make me understand how big of a gift this was from her was this was a part of her special collection of horses which i had seen i'd walked by her room and seen the horses on the shelves but i'd never played with them or touched them or anything like that um but she gave me this cowboy and it had all the stuff it had he had a rifle he had a six gun he had a holster belt and he had uh, the chaps and the vest and the hat and the bandana plastic bandana scarf that would wrap around his neck and it was just – I just remember my dad saying, you know, this is a very special gift that she's giving you. This is – and just trying to make me understand the, the sacrifice that she had done because she wanted to, to say goodbye in a special way. And I, That's cool. I kind of understood it because, I mean, my dad explained it to me. I wouldn't have never – I would have never understood if he hadn't explained it to me. But yeah, and so that that toy, man, that lasted – forever and I, I i love that that toy and sometimes he'd be a giant that would fight my my star wars guys and sometimes he'd just be tall luke skywalker fighting tall darth vader but yeah that nice was, that was a good toy and yeah but i have looked into purchasing that no <laughs> no the ones I found have all been very expensive. I'm sure. Um, but that's another one that, that fit also with – I had the three uh, $6 million man figures that I had uh, Steve Austin, $6 million man, who had a hole in the back of his head and a lens in his right eye. And so you could look through his right eye and it's like you're seeing what he sees. Oh, that's cool. And then he had a clicker on his back that you would click it and it would make his arm go, but it would kind of make that – mechanical sound that <laughs> that he makes when when he does the bionic things and then I had oscar goldman who came in a three-piece suit or i guess it was a he had a, a sport jacket and and khakis and and a tie shirt shirt and tie um most boring you know is a bureaucrat basically action figure <laughs> and then i had the the robot with interchangeable faces and so you could actually put Steve Austin's face on the robot and Oscar Goldman's face on the robot. And then there was a random um, generic face that you put on there too. But you also switch out his arms with, with claws and, and things like that. It was really cool. Um, I didn't have Bigfoot though. My cousin did. And that was cool because you could make Steve Austin punch Bigfoot's belly and there was a square button there. When you press that, it would pop his chest off. You could see the circuitry behind his chest. So spoiler <laughs> alert, that toy spoiled you if you hadn't seen the episode, but Bigfoot was a robot, not real Bigfoot. <laughs> so yeah, they were fun. I mean, that, I look back fondly at all those action figures and think to myself, you know, like you said, they're a big part of my creative development. 
And now I look at them and I'm just like, they're cool. But until I clean my office, I got no place to put anything now. <laughs> so, yeah. Yep. So maybe it's time to put away childish things or maybe it's just time to actually play with them. I don't know. I I'm just know. looking forward to when Yumi is old enough to play with some toys. Because <laughs> I got a bunch. Just don't spring them on too early. There's a reason they say ages four and up. Oh, yeah. Choking hazard. Yes. And, and breaking everything. Yeah, that too. Big time. <laughs> <laughs> Which is another reason why Lego is awesome. Because the lesson you learn from Lego, or at least the lesson I taught my kids, and I taught my kids this lesson because... I taught myself this lesson. It's it's this. It's Lego. We'll fix it. You know? Anything nice. gets knocked over, anything gets broken, it's Lego. We'll fix it. Or build it anew. So not not the quite the same with, with uh you know Star Wars action figure where the arm gets broken because you played too hard with it or threw it across the room and the head popped off or something. Not that that happened. I did throw them across the room, but I never popped that <laughs> off. So, yeah, well, so here we are. I don't know about how many spiritual applications you can pull out of what we just talked about, but I am thankful in some ways for the, that my parents allowed me to have those things. And when I was alone, they were things I could play with by myself, but it was like this expanded imaginary play. And, and also now I look, look back on that and yeah, I think I, I did a soap opera. I mean, a space <laughs> opera. <laughs> soap opera. Well, eh, kind of, I remember did, doing one thing and I actually titled it. It was supposed to be like, a, I was making up a TV show and it was called, um, what did I call it? Heroes who died. Ah. That's what it was. And I had the snow action figure guy from the early wave. Snow job was the character's name from the early waves of, of GI Joe. He had skis. And so it was all about this avalanche and how he was at the top of the mountain and the avalanche tra uh, trapped some hikers and he had to ski down and save them, even though it meant he was going to die. And, it was just tragedy. <laughs> I guess for some reason I was just experimenting with what's tragedy, you know, because, yeah, that's what it was. I mean, it was in the title. Spoiler alert. If this had been a real thing, <laughs> the hero dies. <laughs> so, yeah, the the name is in the title, like Star Trek. People who are on a trek to the stars. Heroes who are on the trek to dying. Hmm. Yeah. Well, you have a final word? I'm going to let, let that be my final thing, but not my final word, but for obvious reasons, for people who've listened before. Well, I just have to say I'm, I'm looking forward to breaking these back out for my kids, and I'm looking back and remembering, and I'm realizing I, I did play with my dad's action figures, but they weren't my favorites, so... Hopefully my action figures are will be cooler than my dad's in the eyes of my kids. But yeah, I might have to spring for some modern day. Yeah. You're at least so gonna have to do a little we'll bit of both. We'll see. We'll see. At least a little bit of both. 
I'm sure. I every time I've gone into the Disney store, I've seen this awesome spaceship from Miles from Tomorrowland, which is a current show. And I'm like, man, I really am tempted to just buy that because that is a sweet playset. And who knows if it'll be available later? But it, it probably will. In Thanks four years? You. No, it won't. Well, on eBay. And in playable condition. Because you're you're in, you're going to be buying a collector's item on eBay, and then handing it to your child to play with. So, and I'm not going to do that, man. I mean, I'm buying the rescue. No, I'm serious. I buy the rescue bots for my 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 youngest son because he loves rescue bots. And so, I'm like, yeah, okay, let's let's find what we can. They're already expensive. But mm. then there was one. There there were actually two characters that were released. And they hardly, I don't know, for some reason, they, they didn't release many at all. And, it, it, like, they were released, and then they were automatically collector's pricing. And so my son, he's wow. like, I want this one. I want that one. I want this guy. I want this guy. I'm like, we can't get that guy. Why not? He's too expensive. He's going for 50 bucks. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I'm having a hard time spending 10 bucks on these things, you know, with, which is the, a little bit less than the new price. But if you can get it on Amazon at the right time. And... Like, I am not spending $50 for a toy that we're going to open up and you're going to play with and break. Yeah. I mean, I didn't use those words with him, but in my mind, I'm, that's what I'm saying. I, I can't justify that at all, man. And well, so I'm saying that might be one for you if if you really have your heart set on it. Well, Ben, here's this, okay? In the course of our conversation, I was remembering one of my absolute favorite action figures of all time was this guy named Slag. And I knew what his name was because my dad gave him to me and he showed me that there was this article in the paper about these new action figures. And this is the one that he got for me. And he's this really cool looking lava monster. But I didn't know what he was from or anything until just now when I looked him up and he's on eBay for three bucks. Or you can buy him with the entire lot of action figures that he's from for five bucks. And maybe you would know what this is. This is a Playmates wild cats they look like some sort of image comic book or something uh i'd have to see the other ones wild cats covert action teams yeah that's that's image oh yeah yeah, yeah. this is the guy with the uh the the hood thing on his face with the guns it's part of this yeah oh um grifter is that his name yeah yeah yeah, yeah. okay slag Wildcats. Yeah, he's one of my absolute favorites. He's under my bed currently. Oh, that is a cool guy. Yeah, he's sweet. That's cool. Here's the thing. That you your Tommy from Tomorrowland might end up being something like that where because of oversaturation. Uh-huh. You know, it's gonna be three bucks. But I don't know. I don't think this is because of oversaturation. I think this is because of nobody cares that too no this is <laughs> no these, these are toys that were produced that people bought and bought and bought and realized why did i buy this <laughs> because like you said nobody cares right yep just like how with star trek the motion picture now here's the one that i want and if i ever see it i'm gonna have to really use self-control because I can't spend a lot of money on this kind of thing, you know, but they did three and three quarter inch action figures of the Star Trek characters after Star Trek three. There's McCoy, Spock, Kirk, and Krug. 
And Krug actually came with that dog that he had in Star Trek Three, that slimy dog. But they were articulated like a G.I. Joe figure. And they were advertised in the DC Star Trek comics all the time. And, you know, that year or the, like the year after that or whatever. And I would see that and I would just be like, oh, man, I want that so bad. Because <laughs> oh, that's why I love that uniform, you know. And I can't find them on eBay. When I've looked, they're, they're very expensive. And so fortunately, I, I, I still do say to myself, I'm not a collector. You know, I'm not buying this because I have to fulfill a collection. Although I am, but <laughs> I'm, I'm not looking for, you know, perfect mint in, in box condition. And I'm not going to spend $30 for an action figure. Oh, I just can't. I just looked up this uh, slag in box and it comes with the, the collectible trading card. I had that card, man. Uh, that's a cool character though yeah he's sweet looking he's a cool action figure is that is that one of those you're talking about where you didn't even know where they came from yeah i knew his name but that was all and he was my good he was one of my go-to bad guys like almost every time oh yeah almost every time great bad guy him and doomsday and i i had them and now i just really want to look up a comic with him in it and see what he's about (laughs) i am pretty sure you'll be disappointed <laughs> I'm not. I don't have great expectations. No. But. No. All right. Well, we've just uh, <laughs> we have podcasted. Yeah, yeah. The podcasting is done, and so it's time for me to say thank you for listening, everyone. And Godspeed. You've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast, hosted by Ben Avery, Steve MacDonald, and Dr. Jace O'Neill. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel. Please join in the conversation by visiting our website, strangersandaliens.com, where you will find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com, or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangers. Or you can leave us a voicemail on the Strangers and Aliens hotline. Just call 1-804-37-ALIEN and leave your message. And once again, thanks for listening. Bunny, what's wrong? Oh, Daddy, I was just looking at my cool artwork. Why would that make you sad? I was thinking that some of them would look so much better printed on vintage-style planks of wood. It's so s- saddening. Is saddening? Is that even a word? Just read the script, sweetie. A spell check didn't catch it. Okay. Ahem. It's so saddening that my beautiful artwork has to stay on boring old paper. It's just so early 21st century. Well, you're in luck, Bunny Boo, because now there's the woodprint shop. The woodprint shop? Yes, the woodprint shop. Woodprints start out as a photo or digital artwork and then are printed on vintage-style planks of wood. Ever since 2015, the woodprint shop of Southwest Michigan has handcrafted all of their woodprints, which means each and every piece is incredibly unique. Just like my stuff, but what else can be printed on wood? The wood 
print shop can print pretty much anything on their vintage-style wood planks. From family portraits to landscapes to graphic design pieces, you can either send them one of your photos or you can choose one of their unique pieces to purchase. It sounds complicated. But it's not. Just email them your photo, woodprintshop at gmail.com, and pick a size. They send you free proofs. Your order is printed in five to seven business days and shipped straight to you. Their unique handcrafted method turns each piece of work that they complete into a unique masterpiece for you, making your order a truly one-of-a-kind product that you will be proud to display. Their goal is to help you create the perfect display piece or gift from your favorite images. Wow, Dad, you're the best dad in the world, it says here. Uh, thanks, Honey Muffin, and thank you, The Woodprint Shop. Learn more at thewoodprintshop.com or contact them at woodprintshop at gmail.com or 269-479-8606. That's 269-479-8606.